Welcome to the Decode 6 podcast, where we take your questions about carbon and ecosystem services and match them to the experts with the answers. I'm your host, DJ May. And today our big question is this, what is agriculture's role in decarbonization and carbon markets? Here with us to give the answers is Jim Jordahl, a project analyst at the Bioeconomy Institute at Iowa State University. Jim provides project management and leadership support for the Emerging Carbon Program area at Iowa State. He was also part of the team that published Carbon Science for Carbon Markets. He's had years of experience researching carbon credits in a variety of ecosystems, examining soil health and ag water quality programs, and looking at the application of plant-based treatment systems for a wide range of contaminants in both water and soil. So Jim, welcome. It's great to have you here. Uh, Good morning, uh, DJ. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Great. Well, we're going to jump right in. So first off, give me the background information. What created the demand for decarbonization and what do we mean when we say decarbonization? Well, a a big part of the demand is there are just uh, really extensive uh, corporate commitments across the world towards uh, a net zero target, net zero emissions, as well as as nations. And um, that process is just really kind of get, getting rolling, but it's uh, uh, there's a lot of dollars involved and a lot of interest and in looking for a place for those dollars and investments and those ultimately those offsets to emissions, uh, places for that to go. So everyone talks about how big these carbon markets are and how fast they're growing, but can you give us any numbers behind that? How can we quantify it? Sure. Um, we don't have data yet for 2022. Um, but when you look at the total voluntary carbon market, not just ag, but the total market, it's gone from some $500 million in 2020 to nearly four times that, or about $2 billion in 2021. So the, the scale of increase is quite uh, rapid recently. And even just this much smaller agricultural part of that has uh, seen a doubling over that same 2020 to 2021 timeframe. Wow. So that $2 billion value, is that referring to the valuation of the markets? What is that number telling us? Yeah, that's the uh, total value of the uh, carbon credits being traded in the voluntary market, about $2 billion in 2021. Wow. That, that is pretty incredible, that increase. So when people are looking at these commitments, I guess, and they're talking about net zero and decarbonization, why did agriculture come up as a solution? Uh, well, a couple of pieces of, of the puzzle. One, just that uh, a large fraction of the total land mass is managed by farmers, by agriculture worldwide, you know, here in the mid- Midwest and, and elsewhere. And secondly, in addition to reducing emissions, there's a very strong interest in uh, pulling CO2, pulling carbon out of the atmosphere um, to just uh, um, reduce the potential for uh, um, additional climate impacts and um, photosynthesis or the green plants are about the most efficient way by far there is to grab that carbon dioxide and um, how we manage the land can definitely uh, be a favorable influence on, on that process. Great. Yeah. Well, I know you've been in this space for quite a while now, but what makes this sort of round of you know, using agriculture as a solution for decarbonization different than in the past? 
Well, um, several things have have changed. As you kind of implied, there were some somewhat failed efforts in in the past to try and make an agricultural market work, and we're we're still very early days. But um, there's just a strong interest now in documenting the benefits of uh, conservation practices for carbon, but other things like water quality. Those universes are kind of coming together. Um, there's been a lot of advancements in how uh, models can be used to figure out what is changing in terms of carbon and emissions and how you can kind of aggregate a lot of farms together to get a more efficient uh, process. Um, and um, those are a couple of the, the big pieces. Great. Okay. So in the past, I'm guessing these developments in models, you're relying totally on maybe ground truthing. I guess, how do models fit in with the newer system? Uh, well, um, it's just too expensive to sample all the fields in any statistically viable way. And so there needs to be some combination of physical samples from the field to confirm changes in carbon with uh, a modeling approach that helps you kind of scale that out to uh, um, many more farms and keep the cost uh, reasonable. But uh, those models have to be accurate. I, they're getting better and better, but we need a lot more data uh, as well to keep improving those models. Great. Okay. So those models are for soil carbon sequestration, I'm guessing, most of them. Um, other than... Yes. Sorry. <laughs> um, other than like soil carbon, are there other aspects of agriculture that could maybe fit in? You mentioned water quality. I mean, where else can we go with decarbonization in agriculture? Yes. Um, a lot of focus has been on the soil carbon credits, but there's a number of other places where agriculture can, can intersect in terms of things like renewable natural gas, uh, biogas, um, there are some beginnings of some programs around uh, grazing management and how that might influence carbon sequestration and, and emissions. Um, the production of biochar or essentially a charcoal-like material from crop residues that can be a really valuable soil amendment, but is also potentially pretty valuable in the carbon markets because it's so stable, carbon locked up for a long time. And there's some sectors of the economy that are very difficult uh, to decarbonize. Uh, things like uh, shipping and aviation, and um, there's gonna likely be a market for various types of liquid fuels for some time to come. And there's a good chance that agriculture is gonna play a role in helping to provide um, those liquid fuels uh, over time. Give me a quick example of that. So liquid fuels, what are you talking about? Well, things like um, biodiesel and uh, ethanol, and there's also uh, a number of other kind of next generation type fuels that uh, are kind of emerging from uh, the latest engineering research. And I uh, just need to stay tuned on what they're, they're going to be and definitely keep an open mind um, because uh, there's new technologies on, on the horizon. Great. Good to know. Well, I know, you know, new technology is a huge reason this is getting such a big push now, I think, but I'm sure there are challenges. What are some of the challenges that these carbon markets and decarbonization in agriculture are facing? Yes, there are indeed a, a number of challenges. Um, one is just the competitive nature of this space. Uh, 
there's a lot of the uh, investments currently are going towards the forestry sector to establish new forests and preserve uh, those that remain. And um, they kind of have a more established process and protocol for those. Um, there's questions of how permanent is the carbon that's sequestered um, through agriculture and is the process additional? Those who are providing these investments or wanting the carbon offsets uh, are requiring or needing to show that what's been done is additional or provides additionality. And uh, these are uh, some real challenges in making the uh, application uh, to, to agriculture. And there's still some important gaps in the science. Um, exactly what's happening with nitrous oxide emissions um, is extremely important. And we need to understand that a lot better and how carbon is changing with depth in the soil profile. Most of our data is pretty shallow, you know, the surface six inches or a surface foot, but there's a lot happening uh, below that as well with the application of different practices. We need to understand uh, those things a, a lot better than, than we do. Great. Yeah. No, that's a fantastic overview. Um, I mean, you mentioned it's still early stages, but if you're somebody, you're a decision maker in this space and you're sort of looking at carbon markets and you're thinking about maybe what to do with your land, what are the things that you should pay attention to as they develop? What should you look for? Uh, that's a great question. Um, just broadly, I just would encourage uh, people to keep an eye on these developments and also to just keep an open mind because it's a very rapidly changing space and engaging or uh, right now in any kind of a contract may or may not make any sense for an individual operation. Um, but there's going to continue to be a lot of change and there may be uh, a market or an opportunity that begins to make sense uh, somewhere down the road. And, uh, also, just to kind of be prepared for the way things are going, I think the better and better operations can get at maintaining records, really understanding all the inputs and outputs and uh, the energy flows uh, and costs um, is going to be increasingly important. So those are the couple of pieces that first come to mind. Great. No, that's great advice. I, I hear all the time about the record keeping challenges that come when you try to account for everything. Yeah, but there's I think better and better tools to help uh, farmers uh, manage that now. Perfect. Well, I kind of have a bonus question for you, Jim. Um, as you sort of look into your crystal ball of maybe what's going on with decarbonization and agriculture, how do you see this push from governments and industry sort of coalescing? Like, how will it come together? It's so spread out right now and disparate and everyone's doing something different. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how, how good my crystal ball is, but I'm pretty excited about the potential to look at a broader suite of ecosystem benefits all at once in terms of the value of the carbon, the value of the water stored, how the food is produced, the water quality benefits. And I think we're getting closer and closer to be able to putting a value on that integrated package and um, hopefully can com compensate farmers in the marketplace for those uh, suite of benefits and not just rely on trying to measure any one piece of that, like like the carbon. But that's that's what I'm hoping for in, anyway. Great. Well, do you have any final thoughts before we close out here? 
No, I, I, I don't think so. I sure appreciate uh, the opportunity. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, DJ. If you want to read up on carbon markets, check out the show notes. You can find all of the studies that Jim mentioned in today's episode. And if you're curious about carbon and ecosystem services, or if you have questions that you'd like us to answer, come visit us at decode6.org.